0: Hello and welcome, David Baker. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. Hey, we're glad that you're here. Um, Different topic than uh, normal. Usually we're taking on some doctrinal issue and uh, not dealing as much with um, culture or um, or entertainment, but there's a uh, topic that uh, has come up over the last few weeks and concerning the uh, documentary, so-called, called The Shiny Happy People. It's a documentary against uh, the Duggars and Bill Gothard and the IBLP, um, and so I at first said I had no desire at all to watch that and was not going to at all, and then I saw Facebook just blow up with all of these Christians, independent, fundamental Baptist Christians, jumping on the bandwagon, tearing this down, calling it a cult. Oh, what a horrible thing, what a horrible thing. And uh, I felt like I needed to watch it, to respond in a way like this on this podcast to hopefully help. Now. I want to start off by saying this. I don't know Bill Gothard. I've never met him. I've ever heard him speak. Um, if you gave me a lineup of 10 faces, I couldn't have picked him out from them. Um, I just don't, don't know. And that was not the circles that we grew up in. Um, the Duggars, I, kids have watched some of the, uh, those episodes. And, of course, we know who they are. And I want to say this, I believe that they are sincere, real, genuine people uh, that aren't perfect like none of us are, but um, I want to get into that. Why to to do this? It seemed to me more like a personal attack on Christians, on us and on me, even when those people I didn't know had nothing to do with them. The IBLP, I I don't know exactly what those uh, things, I'd have to look it up again. I, I just didn't grow up with that. Um. And so, but the principles, the things they attack, how important they are. And that's what I want to cover. Um, so. If you haven't watched it, I would encourage you not to watch it. If you do watch it, watch it with this understanding who's putting it out, who created it, and what is their purpose. Uh, are they going to cr- promote Christianity, true Christianity, godliness? Is that what they want? Absolutely not. It is exactly the opposite. It's done by Netflix. Hello. <laughs> Look at what Netflix puts out. Um, it is to mock God, to mock the Bible, to put down anyone who believes that, that's the purpose of this. And to see so many Christians just go along with it and not realizing what they're doing, what they're doing by going along with it, and not realizing what Netflix is doing, is just sad and wrong to me. And so I want to deal with it based on topics and issues that they talked about and to give a biblical perspective on them uh, because I believe is that important to be able to do. So the first thing they attacked was fundamental. Fundamentalism, Please, please understand what that is, okay? The quote, Christian fundamentalism goes back to early 1900s and uh, Tory with some other Presbyterians, they put together what's called the five fundamentals. Uh, biblical inerrancy, the Bible has no errors. The divine nature of Jesus Christ. All these things were under attack. His virgin birth, his resurrection and his return. All those things were under attack and they said, look, these are five fundamentals that you have to believe to be a true Christian and and to fellowship and to work together and things like that. Uh, are there more fundamentals than that? Absolutely. Salvation by grace through faith, okay? The eternal security. Once we're saved, you can't lose it. And on and on and on and on. Yes, there's more fundamentals of the Christian faith, but that's what the fundamentalists got started at. Fundamental is not a bad word, all right? Fundamental is not a bad word. And please listen. Fundamental, it means pertaining to the foundation or basis. Is that important, foundation of any building? If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? That is literally what Netflix and worldly woke Christians are trying to do is to destroy the fundamentals, to recreate Christianity in their own image, that it means whatever they want it to mean and to do whatever they wanna do. That is not Christianity and that's not Bible. Fundamental is pertaining to the foundation of whatever that is and we'll uh, illustrate that. Fundamental is a leading or primary a principle, a rule, or a law, or an article which serves as the groundwork of a system, uh, essentially fundamentals of the Christian faith. Um, So you have things called fundamental changes. These things are changing of fundamentals. Um, Fundamental difference, this fundamental, this foundational principle changed everything. Fundamental issue, this is the fundamental, the principle, the groundbreaking issue we need to deal with. And so fundamental is not a bad word at all. Fundamentals of basketball. This team is very strong in their fundamentals. It's a good thing. Fundamentals of football, all that is good. It is not a bad thing. What is bad is depending upon What comes after that? For instance, fundamental Christianity. Is that good? No, that's awesome, okay? Fundamental Christianity is the Bible. It's Jesus. It's the disciples. It's the epistles. It's Paul. Fundamental Christianity is the Bible. There's nothing better than that. And what the world wants to do and worldly Christians want to do is to take that away. Where, oh, well, no, that doesn't really mean, oh, that's not really that important. Well, you know, for me, I'm just not convicted on that, Um. And that's what they're trying to do, to make Christianity your Burger King, habit your way. Um, that's what so many churches and Christians, and especially the world, is trying to do. Hey, let's come in, let's infiltrate, let's take them over, and let's make it in our own image. Let's make church be about what we want it to be. You know, global warming, we have to be a good citizen of the world God created. That is such garbage. That's not fundamental Christianity. It's not Christianity at all. It's heresy. Genesis says, there will always be seed time and harvest, cold and winter, until until the end of the world and so it's not fundamental so fundamental christianity absolutely awesome here we go fundamental islam is that good no going back to the foundational principles of islam what is it convert or die (laughs) convert or die that's how they've taken over convert or die fundamentals of islam is that good absolutely not fundamental mormonism is that good Absolutely not. Okay. Racism, polygamy, that's fundamental Mormonism. Uh, Having multiple wives, racism, black people could not be um, a Mormon. uh, Just totally kicked out of that uh, up until even the 70s, how big that was. So fundamental Mormonism, no. Fundamental Islam, horrible. Fundamental Christianity, absolutely is powerful. And that's what they want to do. Do not be afraid of that word just because people take it the wrong way. Fundamental basketball, fundamental football. Fundamental Christianity, those things are all good. Okay? That's the first thing I want to cover. Second, this is not in any order, but modesty. Modesty. It's amazing they attack them for being modest. Listen, God said we should still dress in modest apparel, we should not dress to entice sexual desires. Okay. It should be modest. Men. Yes. Should control their eyes and women. Yes. Should control their dress. It goes both ways. Men can't just say, um, women, I have to dress so I don't get tempted. Uh, guys can get tempted with all kinds of wrong sexual perversion. So men should control their eyes and their mind. Women should control their dress. What the Bible says is nakedness. It's still naked. Isaiah 47, the thigh, the breast is equal 16. Those things are nakedness and should not be exposed. It's amazing. You're a woman showing most of her bosom and cleavage and a guy looks down and she says, "Uh, up here, up here look at my eyes. Really? That's not what you want. You wore that so people would look at that. We should resist it. We shouldn't look at it. But that is of course what the Bible calls nakedness. It's amazing how we define nakedness as okay, this little part and this little part, that's naked. Everything else is okay. Um, By the way, listen to this too. Everyone has standards. I've said this before but it's really a big deal. Everybody has standards. Unless you believe it's okay to go totally naked anywhere, every church has standards, every family has standards, every Christian has standards. Some have biblical standards, and some have made up their own standards, but everybody has them. And they say, well, I don't see anything wrong with this. Okay, guess what, who made you God? God sees something wrong with this. No part of the breast should be exposed. No part of the thigh should be exposed. Why, that's God's standard. Well, I just disagree with that. Okay, they disagree with God about that and other things. But everybody has a standard. Listen carefully, do not criticize somebody else just because their standards are stronger or higher than yours there are people who have stronger standards than I do. I don't criticize them. Why? Unless they try to say you have to do that to go to heaven. In our area, there's a lot of Pentecostals and they believe in standards strong. You can't wear short sleeve. You can't wear any rings. You can't cut your hair. You can't wear any makeup. And you have to do that as a part of holiness to be able to go to heaven. Well, absolutely. True definition of legalism is to add the works to grace um, um, through faith in, in Jesus Christ. And that's what they do. Absolutely preach against that. But for someone who believes we ought to be modest and cover up our bodies and our family and our children, um, you do not want to be on the wrong side of that. If someone believes it ought to go to the top of the knee, the bottom of the knee, or to the ankle or mid-calf, and you're going to criticize them, so what is yours? Nakedness? Things hanging out? I mean, I don't want to get too graphic here, but, but you have a standard. Everyone does. So why criticize somebody else if theirs is a little farther or a lot farther to the right than you? Everybody has a standard. By the way, on our side, I do not like it. I don't think any preacher should say, ah, yeah, those people, they just don't have any standards. You can say they've lowered their standards, they've dropped their standards, or they don't have biblical standards. But they do have standards. Everyone does, and we all need to realize that. And when everyone realizes that everybody has standards, now we can get back to what the... um, what the issue should be are they biblical or not are they biblical or not and so um i applaud them uh the group for trying to have modesty uh if we don't have modesty then what is it well you just decide for you what's best (laughs) it's amazing in our churches around the area i have seen on social media women criticizing the churches because wow at church, my boys and my husband um, have to deal with so much of, because the, the dress outfits today show bosom and show all the leg, and the, they, they say the boot is hanging out, the breasts are hanging out, and I'm trying to go to church and have my boys and husband, and I see their eyes wanting to wander to be able to look at that. Yes, the eyes need to be focused on God, but it should sure be great if you went to church and you didn't have that. Okay, so when you say, oh, well, standards don't matter, um, you watch and see where that goes, okay? Um, Everybody has a standard, whether it's just biblical or not, okay? Next, purity and dating. Boy, they were strong on that. Are, Are you not? Do you not want your children to be pure? to date pure, to marry pure? Do you not want that? Someone may go too far with it. I don't know how far people have gone with betrothing and I think that's uh, wrong. I think parents should have an influence uh, with their kids and uh, and um, to be able to say, honey, I- I'm sorry, I know this is this, that's not someone you need today. I think we ought to be able to have that as parental authority to be able to help them, not pair people up, not put people together, uh, and make them get married when they don't care about each other or have a, a strong feeling and desire and love for each other. I don't think that's right. Uh, but purity, absolutely. We should push that and dating. Um, it's amazing. They criticize the Duggars. They criticize Mike Pence cause he won't go out to eat with a woman. That's not his wife uh, just alone. Wow. Really? You think what's wrong with that? Um, um, they, they criticize the Duggars because of side hugs and and staying pure before marriage and not kissing. Um, and I don't ever not preach against the Duggars, but that is not even what the Bible said. First Corinthians seven one um, is good for men not not going to turn to the things you wrote unto me. It's good for men not to what touch a woman, not to touch a woman. Well, that means sexually. Um, okay, how much then? Well, it's okay to do this, but not this, and this, and not this. Tell me how many couples have started off say, okay, we're only going to do this, and have done a lot more. There's something called passion. There's something called the emotions and feeling. And when things start going where they stop, it's good for men not to touch a woman. That's what it says. We teach our children no touch dating. No holding hands, no hugs, no kiss, no anything. How come save it all for marriage? You have the rest of your life to do that. Uh, Your lips will fit together. (laughs) It's okay. Um, uh, What what is wrong with that? Oh, well, I think uh, that's just way too far. Okay. Then how many times have people, by the way, some of the best people I know have said they got too close right before marriage and crossed lines that they wish they didn't. And now they have to deal with for the rest of their life. How much better would it have been to have a stronger standard and even if they quote broke that standard or that uh, rule they're still quote okay remember brother Howells telling the story a college girl came to see him in the office and and uh, she said and in tears brother Howells, i'm a fallen woman Oh, no, I'm so sorry, and I'm a fallen woman, I messed up with a boy, I'm a fallen woman. Oh, no, well, where did it happen at? At the college, oh, no, not at the college, oh, no. Okay, where did it happen in the college? In the hallway, what, in the hallway of the college, no. Oh, okay, what happened? Well, um, he, he held my hand, okay? What do you mean, okay, What? and what else? No, that that's all, I, I held his hand, and I'm a fallen woman. Without laughing, he said, okay, let's pray. Hey, guess what? People say, oh, that's horrible, you shouldn't do that. She got married pure. She didn't fall. She didn't have to get married. She didn't get pregnant out of wedlock. Um, Was that too far to the right? You can say that, but guess what? That protected her. So when she fell, (laughs) she's still going to be okay. It's good for men not to touch a woman. Uh, Purity and dating, what are you for? Oh, just do whatever. They're trying to mock what we believe so you'll drop your standard and let them do whatever. I'm telling you, that does not work out well. That does not work out well. I did not grow up with independent fundamental Baptist. I grew up American Baptist and no standards, hardly no, no standards, not, not anything they tried to control. It was whatever you wanted to do. Uh, Dating was horrible. Um, They had a 24 hour youth activity lock in at the church. It was called and everyone got to invite one friend. Well, for the guys, we invited the girl's boyfriend and the girls, they invited our girlfriend and we played hide and go seek and no one looked for each other. That was in church that was at church and the adults oh they thought it was cute oh nothing really bad is going to happen oh <laughs> yeah really um that's what i grew up in and you see that and go no that's wrong it's good for men not to touch a woman we don't do teenage dating they're not ready for that yet and our kids are glad um out of our 11 children i have two that aren't adults I've got five that are married, and all of them thank God that we had that because that helped them and prepared them. Uh, next big issue, uh, leadership. Leadership. They mock the parental authority. Children, obey your parents. Honor thy mother and thy father. Um, they call it cultish to have parental authority. So what is it? It's question authority. It's do what thou will. Just do whatever you want to do. You don't have to obey your parents. You don't have to obey the authority. That's anarchy. That's where our society wants to go. That's where BLM wants to go. That's where Antifa wants to go. Question authority. Resist authority. No. We should support authority. Does that mean every authority is right? No. Does that mean parents do things they shouldn't do? Absolutely. Um, but listen and understand the fundamentals, the foundation, if the foundations be destroyed. What's going to happen is you're going to side with them and then you realize you lost any authority with your children. How can you tell them to do anything? Why do they have to listen to you? Oh, because I'm reasonable. Not concerning the kid. (laughs) Listen, I teach a child learning course and I talk about children are terrorists. You do not negotiate with terrorists. What happens? Parents, real strict. Good, okay, 10.30 Kirkview. Oh, what? I'm I'm, six, I'm 16, nobody has a 10. Oh, trick, 10.30 Kirkview. Do you know what that meant when I was growing up? That just meant whatever bad you were gonna do, you had to start it earlier. Then you got older, we pushed him to 11 o'clock. Okay, parents, the uh, 11 o'clock, okay. And were we okay with 11? No. <laughs> By the way, this happened with every one of my friends. Look, so-and-so, they got 11.30. They got to to 11.30, um, and we push them to 11.30. So now we got 11.30. Are we happy now? No. <laughs> now we're going for 12. Now, well, so-and-so, look, I'm 17 now, 12 o'clock. I'm almost an adult. I mean, I, I could be in the military and dying for our country. And, and I got to be only at 11.30, really? And, and then you push to 12. Okay, you got 12. We're done there. Is that? No. Look. These friends, they don't even have a curfew. They're responsible. They, you, they trust their kids. Kids are terrorists. Go negotiate with them. Here's our biblical standard, and this is what we live by. And you stand by that in love, in kindness, and compassion. You're listening to this going, man, I'm glad I didn't grow up in your home. Look, here's what our kids have. They had no curfew. What? They had no curfew. No curfew. They could be out at whatever time, as long as it was with an approved person, doing an approved thing. My son was out at three in the morning. Was out at three in the morning, how come? Because the guy he worked for, they uh, cleaned floors in uh, companies or restaurants and they had to do it when they were closed. So they had to do it super early in the morning. Well, they stayed late at night after they closed and they got done at three. My son got home at three o'clock and it was okay. He was with an approved person doing an approved thing. He doesn't have a curfew. If it's five o'clock, you want you to just go cruise around downtown, no. What? No, it's 5 o'clock. Yeah, you can get in a lot of trouble at 5 o'clock, okay? Leadership, parental authority, absolutely that's important. Foundations are destroyed. Kids run the show. And by the way, in most families, that's what happens. The kids run the show. They get what they want. They push, they pressure, they manipulate. How come? Because we didn't stop that at 2. We're sure not going to stop that at 15 when she wants that. And it doesn't turn out well, Okay. Uh, I'm not perfect, my kids aren't perfect, but boy, God has blessed us. Even people that don't like me, and I know you can't believe there are people that don't like me, um, but people that criticize me, rip me apart, they say, and it's always funny, the caveat, but he's got some good kids. I've met his kids. He's got good kids. He's, hey, he's done something right. Okay? My kids may blow it tomorrow. Um, but the principles, the foundational principles are there, and they need to be. Um, with our kids, we teach them these things. They want these. They're glad for them. And my kids, six, 16, 17, 18 years old, they talked about these, and they were so glad that we had these rules and standards in our homes so that protected them. And all they have to do is tell the parents, I'm sorry, that's my parents' rules. They didn't buck it. They didn't fight it. They accepted it. And boy, now to see their life, their marriage, their family, their home, their businesses, their success, their joy, their happiness, their purity. Boy, they are so glad that we had that. Really important. Parents, don't give that up. Don't give that up. Don't let them mock you with what you believe uh, so they get you to give up on your foundational principles. Uh, Next, this is amazing, and I've done more on this before, but uh, they talk about how horrible it is you have to do all these things to be blessed. Um, They say we believe in the um, uh, prosperity movement. No, but the Bible is true. There are things that we do that God blesses us they're things that we do when God doesn't bless us, when God curses us. Read Deuteronomy 27 and see all the things that God puts a curse on people for. That's Old Testament. Yeah, and the same God, I'm the Lord thy God, I change not, okay? Um, those things are still curses on our life when we do those things. Tithing, not tithing, Malachi 3 is still a curse. Oh, that's Old Testament. Tithing is is part of the law. No, tithing was before the law, Abraham law wasn't till Exodus 20. Uh, tithing was before the law, during the law, after the law. It's going to be in the millennium. Tithing is still there. Um, and when you tithe, God blesses you. When you don't tithe, there's a curse put on you. Like it, not like it, argue with it, fight with it. But yes, now listen carefully. Love is unconditional. For God so loved the what? The world. The world, do they deserve love? Do they do anything to deserve love or get love? No. But God loved the world. His love is unconditional. While we were yet sinners, what? Christ died for us. he, He loved, he proved, he showed how much he loved us, and he died for us. His love is unconditional, but to please God, yes, there are things that we can do to please God. Listen carefully. Write it down. Yes, there are things that we can do to please God. Do a little study of that, okay? He is our heavenly Father. And we can do things that please him or displease him. Uh, We can do things he blesses or he chastises us for. It's a father. I'm can, i my kid's father no matter what. No matter what they do, I love them. But there are things that they can do. I want to bless them and help them. And there are things they do that will cause a chastisement on them. And our Heavenly Father is the same way. Verse John 3.22, And whatsoever you ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Huh. When we keep his commandments, we're doing those things pleasing in his sight. If you love me, keep my commandments, he said. Hebrews 13:16. Uh, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Can we please God? Absolutely. Hebrews 11:6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a, what, rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I could do ten podcasts on this, biblical stories, principles, verses. Um, Romans eight eight. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. We're in the flesh; we cannot please God. Proverbs sixteen seven. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Can we please God? (laughs) Hello, Do a simple study of that. What they're trying to do is tear down the foundations, this free radical grace, do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. God loves you no matter what. Yes, God loves you no matter what. And God is going to chastise you when you sin and when you do wrong. Okay? That's gonna happen, that's what God does. God spanks his children, that's biblical and that's right. And so please understand that. You do not want to throw out the foundations because somebody is mocking you. By the way, it's a very powerful thing. When you're mocked, there's so many Christians wanting to distance themselves from the duggers and distance themselves from standards or rules or Bible or principles or all that because oh no, no, they don't wanna be mocked, sorry. <laughs> Um, we'll talk more about the Duggets in a minute, but the biblical principles upon which they tried to stand and teach their children are, are, are real. Yes, you can do things that please God. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that what good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Does God want us to choose that good, acceptable, perfect will of God? Absolutely. David, prayer, God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Does God care about what we do? Does God care about what we say? Does God care about what we meditate upon? Absolutely he does. How in the world can we throw all that out? If you listen to what they said, oh, they believe that you can do things that can please God. Yes, you can't do anything to make him love you more, but yes, we can do things that please God. Um, John 8:29, "And he that sent me is with me, the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him." <laughs> Listen, even Jesus, what he did pleased the Father. What he did, please the Father. 1 Thessalonians um, uh, 2, 4, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. We're not trying to please men, but we do try to please God. And how do we please God? Huh? God put us in trust of the gospel. We speak of the gospel. Why? Because we're trying to please God, not to please men but to please God, which trieth our hearts. God's trying us. God's testing us. For you to say there's nothing that we do that God doesn't care, it doesn't matter, we can't do anything to please God is to throw out so much of the Bible. is crazy. Look at all the men that God used and chose, okay? They pleased God. David. A man after God's own heart. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. None of them are. Um, Job, an upright man, is sheweth evil, hath thou considered him? Why was he chosen? Um, why? Because uh, he was doing right. Um, Abraham, keep on going. Look at the men in the Bible and see why did God use him? Abraham, I know Abraham that he will command his children after him. He's going to follow the principles that I give him, and he's going to teach the children to do the same thing. Um, the people that God chose to use, there's a reason why they were doing some things that pleased God. Uh, I'm not going to go through this. I've got a whole bunch of other verses on this. But if you wonder if uh, we can do that, look up the word reward. Look at the word reward. Do a Bible study. And how many times God said he'll reward us, reward us, reward us. If we pray in secret, give alms in secret, God's going to reward us openly, the Bible says. Um, we have our reward or we lose our reward. There's a whole reward system that God gives us based on what we do. If we receive a prophet, if we give someone a cup of cold water, we'll not re- lose our what? Reward. God rewards us for what we do, okay? Uh, just one verse on that, Matthew sixteen twenty-seven. For the Son of Man shall come in his glory of his Father with the angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. For you that think, I don't have to go to church, read the Bible, pray, serve God, witness, help people. Grace, I can just do whatever I want to do. God put me here to enjoy myself and my life, okay? And you're in the flesh and you're not pleasing God. Well, you're going to be very, very surprised when you stand before Jesus and he calls you a wicked and slothful servant. And somebody else gets a reward that you should have gotten, okay? Big, big, big deal. Moving on. Having children, (laughs) Okay. We have 11 children, and guess what? I have never heard of a quiver full movement until after we had a whole bunch of kids. Never heard of that. Wasn't taught that. My wife is number eight or 14, and here's how that happened. Mom and dad had four kids. They wanted two boys and two girls. God gave them two boys and two girls. And mom got saved, got close to God, and in prayer, the mother felt like God wanted her to have just one more. And she had just one more. <laughs> and then she was praying one day, and God felt... Like she felt like God wanted to have just one more. And so she had just one more all the way to 14, okay? It wasn't a part of a quiverful movement. They'd never heard of that. Just felt like God wanted to have one more. By the way, for a long time, the first four, it's changed now and some good things, but for the, for the longest time, the first four were not, only one was in church. Uh, the last 10 all surrendered to preach, went to Bible college, and most of them are pastors, sits some pastors or pastors' wives all over the country. Incredible, incredible. Huh, just one more. When my wife and I got married, we just felt like we trusted God. I grew up in the world. I know what it was like to uh, to uh, understand and the friends and all of the birth control. Why? Because then we don't want to get pregnant. Don't want to get pregnant. I understand that. But when you get married, you're not trying to stop that because you're married. <laughs> children are good. Children are fine. And so I thought that as a worldly teenager living deep in the world, I thought, yeah, when you get married, you don't want to use birth control because it's okay to have children. My wife grew up with that. We got together, started dating, and found out we believed the same thing. And God gave us 11 children. Is there anything wrong with that? <laughs> is there anything wrong with that? Um, long thing to go into, and I'm taught on that, but boy, it's a big deal. Um, God said the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows in the hands of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. You're gonna fight the devil, you want one arrow, two arrow, I want one pink arrow and one blue arrow. <laughs> When we had kids, we had a boy and a girl first. Like, oh, you got your boy and your girl. Are you done? Where in the world does the Bible say that? And one of the biggest blessings and joy of our life are the 11 children. We could not fathom not having one of them. It's such a missing part if even one's not there. And my kids love it. All my kids want to have big families because they love it. They enjoyed it. They grew up with it. So much fun. So many blessings. So much happiness. And to watch God take care of us. You listen to the world. Oh, yeah, you don't even have children. Global warming, you're destroying. Why would you bring a child into this world? That's the world's philosophy today. And if you do, just one, or maybe a boy and a girl, but no more than that. Oh, you have three. Oh, you had an accident, right? That's the world. Where in the world do you find that in the Bible at all? At all. I think our Christian colleges and pastors and churches do a very strong disservice when they tell young couples before they get married, you need to start on the pill because you don't want to have kids right away because that'll uh, distort or mess up your lifestyle. You want to enjoy each other before you have kids because it's all downhill from there. That's the way they put it. It It's exactly the opposite of that. You have more love, more intimacy, more romance and all because you're not worried about kids. You're focusing on the other person and loving and being what you're supposed to be for them. It's so much better, it's amazing. Put them on the pill, they're gonna gain weight, be irritable, and lose their libido. Oh, congratulations, that's a great thing for somebody getting married. Just the audacity, the insanity, the asinine thinking that people have. Oh, that's really good. No, why not trust God? God said the fruit womb is his reward. Can God open and close a womb? Absolutely. I know people, they've never tried one thing to stop it and they have one child. I'd want him to have one child. Okay. Uh, I'm almost done. A couple more issues. But uh, please understand, and that's why I'm dealing with this. This way, the principles, I don't know, God. there. never been to Haven't. haven't seen, read his material. Are there things I would disagree with? I'm sure. I disagree with everybody. You guys know if you listen to this. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but are the the basic principles of what they're trying to teach, oh, that's basic life principles? I think that's part of the IPL, IPLP. Anyway, um These are biblical principles. And what the Netflix wants you to do is throw all of those things out. Do you hear? Man, this is us. This is Bible. This is life. Um, Before I ever heard of the Duggars or Gothard or any of that stuff. Homeschooling. Boy, they hate it. (laughs) They can't have you teach your own children biblical principles and leadership and godliness. No, no, no. We have to get those kids indoctrinated in the government system of the world. Really? You really think the government system, world school system, is better than homeschool? Are there homeschool parents that shouldn't? Sure. Are there homeschool families that don't do things the way they ought to? Absolutely. Homeschooling is one of the best things for our kids, and my kids will tell you that. One of the best things ever that happened. There's so many... Things they got to learn and grow and do they would have never gotten to do. Money they got to make they would have never. Business they got to start they never would have been able to do. Uh, homeschooling, great education, all of them. Um, when they took their test and their passing and and exempted out of things. And, and uh, many have gone to college and graduated and all have done great. My son just graduated with a... Four point nine, sorry, three point nine seven um, summa cum laude, and, and, and homeschooled his whole life. Okay, um, it can be done right, and uh, and it is important. But boy, they want to throw all that out. They want to ban homeschooling to get your kids back in a public school because they don't like it that they don't get to control them and manipulate them. It's a big deal. It really is, and that's why when I watch this, it's like this is just a whole attack on biblical, godly, foundational Christianity. And okay, they got the duggars. Uh, that had a kid that messed up. Let's use them to beat this thing up. And it's wrong. The last big topic, and then I'll summarize. Um, The Joshua, okay, teaching them to be servants, to work hard, the Joshua program, to build leaders who can influence our country and world for good. What's wrong with that? Servants are the greatest. Servants are the greatest. Jesus, okay, who's gonna be the greatest disciple? The one that's a servant. Moses has said about Moses almost 50 times, Moses, my servant. All the great people, Paul, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I read through a list of about 25 men, names in the Bible, and so what do all these men have in common? The Bible says something about each one of them that's all the same Of these 25 men, all the greats of the Bible. Did they all pray? They might have all prayed, but the Bible never said they all prayed. Um, The Bible says each one of them was a servant. There's nothing more important than teaching our children how to serve. How to work hard. I told my kids, you've got to work hard. No matter what you do, a preacher, a farmer, a plumber, you've got to learn how to work hard and skill sets. Well, we had our kids working and learning and doing, and they thank God for it now. How come (laughs) they're making great money? Um, I don't want to say too much. My kids probably don't want me to say that, but I look at what my kids have done and the money that they're making with the business and jobs and the blessing of life, and you know why that came? Because we taught them to work hard. We taught them to be a servant. We taught them what a number one worker is, how you shouldn't have to have anyone tell you what to do. You should be able to look around and see what needs to be done and do it. That's a number one worker. We taught them that. Wow. Every job, every place, every place they go, they rise to the top outcome because we taught them biblical principles to serve and to work hard. Um, what is the world going to teach? Play video games. Just let them enjoy a summer vacation. Let them sleep till noon. Then get up and play and do whatever they want to do. They have it really hard in school. Really? Really? <laughs> What mess, what garbage. Yes, we should be building leaders who can influence our country and world for good. Absolutely. What's the world doing? I promise you, skull and bones. They've got their societies. Yeah, they're teaching them that. They're putting in their people to run the world for a satanic, demonic world. Yeah, they're doing theirs. We should be doing ours. Listen, they're promoting the world. It's amazing. The best people on there. Oh, yeah, I grew up going to rock and roll uh, and dances and uh, uh, boy crazy and boy bands. And we had our boyfriend and girlfriends and... And if they would tell the truth of that, you think that helped them? They're put up, oh, as the good people, as the normal people. These other people are just fundy. They're just weird. No, that's not true at all. The people that get into the rock and roll and dances and crazy and boy bands and boyfriends and girlfriends, there's nothing good that comes out of those things. But a whole lot of tragedies do. It's amazing to me, too, to hear people bitter about not making money from a show. That happens a lot. It's amazing how the love of money is the root of all evil. Um. Were money, financial principles done right? I have no idea. And neither do you. Neither do you. Um, imagine as a parent of 19 children, how much money that cost? To feed, house, clothe them? Man, my boys can go through blue jeans and tennis shoes. <laughs> like, son, we just got, sorry, I grew out of them. <laughs> it's incredible. How much money it cost. Um, when people are bitter about uh, them, was a contract not done the right way? Maybe, I don't know, and neither do you but they're not honoring their mother and their father. And if we were taken advantage of biblically, how are we supposed to handle that? Huh? Huh? Hello, Bible? Um, Rather suffer ourselves to be defrauded, to love and honor and care. Hey, if we were taken advantage of, and boy, we have been, let God take care of that. God can bless and reward that. Be careful of the deconstructionist, okay? They want to deconstruct everything you've been taught and everything you believe. And at the other side of it, you'll be like the one girl on there. I don't even know if I believe in God. That's what they want. They're heralded. Oh, you are a, a genuine, honest thinker. You're questioning everything. You don't even know if you believe in God. Oh, good for you. I promise you. That's what every producer, director, and promoter of that film was excited about. Okay, that's what we want. We want you to go through everything you were taught and deconstruct it, tear it down, okay? So let me deal with um, um, Gothard. Um, What did he do? I don't know. And guess what? You don't either. You don't either. Am I defending him? No, I don't know. (laughs) Listen carefully. In this situation, I'm not the judge. I'm not the jury. I'm not the prosecutor. And I'm not the defense. What am I supposed to be? A Christian. A Christian? I'm supposed to be a Christian. If somebody falls, I'm to lift them up, that's my job. I'm not to share gossip that I don't know. There are two or three witnesses to that. I'm not to share that. Um, was he perfect? Of course not, no one is. Did he do what they accused him of? I don't know and neither do you. Um, there's a lot that's said about a false accusation. By the way, are there people that accuse others of something to get their way? Absolutely. Okay, um, Joseph, we know that story. He did not do what he was accused of. Went to prison for it. God had a plan. But to believe every person who accuses, really? Wait till that's you. Wait till someone falsely accuses you and you will wish you would have never believed every other accusation against somebody else. Do you think it happened? I don't know. By the way, it's okay to say, I don't know. Well, I think it happened. You, You think that makes you good because you can judge something when you don't know the story? Listen, even in a judge and a jury with a prosecution and evidence and witnessing and subpoena people, they still get it wrong. So how in the world who have only heard one part of one side of one story and you're already going to play judge, jury, and executioner, that is so unjust. I'm not defending the man. I don't know him. God does. And God is a judge and God will take care of it. But I don't think we should accuse people that we don't know. We're not to be in the place of condemnation or judgment. The last thing, um, Dandel, did the parents handle everything perfectly? Let me help you with that. Um, um, no. Why? Because no parent ever has. Have you? Look, my kids are all doing great. And we're all in church. they are all serving God. We all get to serve the Lord together. It's amazing. It's incredible. Have I been a perfect parent? Absolutely not. I've dropped the ball so many times. None of us are perfect. Would the Duggars look back and say, you know, we wish we'd have done this instead? sure who doesn't but am i going to dump on them or jump on them because they had a child that messed up and uh, made their own decisions and no absolutely not what are you supposed to do pray for them pray for them listen as parents we try we pray we do all we can teach train and still um, how many hours have the duggars put into teaching and training their children over the normal family guess what the devil wants at firstborn Boy, if I can get that firstborn ding 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 ding. I could just knock knock 'em down. Just like a toy soldier set up and you're flipping em with your finger. If I can get that firstborn, messed up. I can, I can go through the whole family, and that's what happens so often. The devil is after that firstborn that's given to God. It really is a big deal. I think they've done an incredible job with their kids to be able to teach and instill, and even the ones who don't believe exactly the same, they have still retain a lot of the things that it was. I think they're wrong in criticizing their parents. I don't think it's their place. I think that uh, they've been offered money to do that, and uh, they're taking advantage of it, and I think they're going to regret that. I love the parents' grace. We love our children and wish the best for all of them. That's their heart. That's their attitude. That's their spirit. Um, And so, parents, we all rethink everything, what we could have done differently, but there is no condemnation from me, nor should there be of us, of you. Hey, if you want to condemn them for the decisions they made, watch out. Watch out with your kids, okay? God said we're to restore someone in the spirit of meekness when they fall. Why? Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted, if I'm going to jump on a bandwagon and criticize the Duggars that they should have done this and they should have done this and why didn't they do this, guess what I'm going to get back at me. I the oh, really? <laughs> okay. You want to go under that? No, I don't. But congratulations to all the unsaved and all the worldly Christians. You have a story now to beat upon people who are trying to live and teach their families in the right way. And teach all our families. You can use it to beat us up. Oh, yeah, the bakers, they're a whole lot like the Duggars. Oh, boy, they're a mess, too. Um, Yeah, congratulations. You have something you can use to beat up. But guess what I'm going to do? Keep teaching foundational biblical principles to my children and to our church and to people in our church. And the ones that take it and live it have a whole lot better families than the ones that take it and don't. Okay. It is true. Are you always going to find some? Absolutely. And they found some to interview. Congratulations. Look at them and say, okay, is that what I want? (laughs) Is that what I want my kids to turn out like? Okay. Look at the Duggar kids, almost all of them and say, what I want kids like this or what I want the ones that they interviewed on this program, tearing everything down. Okay. Um, no parent is perfect. And I'm sure the Duggers would be the first ones to say what well, we did our best. We would do things differently if we could. That's hindsight. Everybody has that. But I'm not going to condemn or put them down. I think they're good people, sincere. And last thing, I talked to someone who was very close to them, and they said, there are people with no guile, meaning those are people that sincere, real, honest, and genuine. And I believe that. So God bless. Have a great one. Uh, Do with it what you will. And we'll talk to you next time. Take care.